0: I'm not right there, don't don't be mad, I'm huh? not trying to, not participate, I just want to give you an explanation of where I was going to be. Well, this morning, uh, we had a great time in worship, at least I did. Anybody else have a good time in worship this morning? Amen. I know that we did, uh, we give you the praise two weeks in a row, but I really felt led this morning to do that song, and from watching and observing our worship, I'm glad we did. I believe that this morning we have got into his presence, understanding what it means to really praise him. How many know that when the praises go up, the blessings come down? Amen? So when you find yourself up against a wall, when you find yourself struggling, I can promise you if you'll learn to praise him in the middle of your circumstances, and as the praises go up, the blessings come down, and before you know it, you begin to forget about the circumstances that you're in. There's no room... For negativity, when you are praising and worshiping God, I can guarantee you. I'm not saying that your problems will go away immediately through that. They very well could. God could take care of it. But I can promise you this. In the middle of your worship, in the middle of your praise, God's going to give you peace that will pass all understanding. And even if it's just for a moment, you'll get a break. Your mind will get a break because you've worshiped the king. Amen? All right. Well, that's free. It has absolutely nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today. (coughs) Uh. I'm so thankful that somebody decided to shout out my, I guess, new nickname that somebody's given me, AC Zombie Slayer. I'm not going to go into that too much today. At the youth uh, retreat they had uh, last week, God inspired me to, to uh, speak on a topic that involves um, no, vampires, witches, uh, zombies, uh, druids. And a whole list of things that uh, from the pagans from way back 2,000 years ago. And, and talked with Pastor Rhonda yesterday. We thought about doing it today, but uh, it's really more of a production of what we're wanting to do. Um, so we're going to do that sometime in the future. So be, be thinking about zombies. And if you're watching zombies on t- television, think twice. I'll give you a little snippet of what it's all about. A zombie is a form of resurrection. From the dead. Unfortunately, they haven't been completely resurrected because the zombie is still half dead. I can't wait to be resurrected with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords so that when I'm caught up to heaven, I will have a new made body. No more sickness, no more disease. I'll have a physique that I'll be proud of one of these days. And I'll be raised up in glory, and there'll be a resurrection. There'll be no dirt. There'll be no zombie looking. I won't be walking around like this. I'll be shouting on streets of gold. That's the kind of resurrection I'm looking for. Anybody want to join me in that resurrection party? Amen. Well, good. Stay tuned. We'll let you know when that one's going to be available. This morning, we're going to talk about the topic you were created and you were born to raise hell. I figured that would be the response that I would get. However, the word raise this morning, we are going to spell it R-A-Z-E. And I'll give you some definition of that here shortly, but I want to give you an illustration this morning about a young man that I seen one time. And Have you ever, ever been to? They don't really have them this much anymore, but they used to back in the day, and I probably will age myself on this one, but I remember going to gas stations and I, there are a few still in rural areas where you pull up to a gas station and a gas station tenant will come out and they will pump the gas for you. Anybody ever seen that or experienced that? Man, what a blessing that is. They usually get your windows and, you know, check your tires and, you know, vacuum it and, man, they detail, I don't know about all that now, but they'll fill up your gas tank. And I remember one day and the gentleman came by and when he did, he when he put his hand in, he had a short sleeve shirt, and he had a tattoo on his arm, and it said, born to raise hell. However, the word raise was spelled R-A-I-S-E, and it really didn't dawn on me a whole lot. I mean, I've heard some of the rock and roll music before that, you know, some of the born to raise hell, and I was a Striper fan, so I was a fan of to hell with the devil, and you know, I just thought of, you know, some great innuendos that could go with that, but all these years, and I'm, I'm going to probably say it's been at least 15 years ago when I seen that, that tattoo has always stuck with me. And it's always been something that every so often I revert back to. And uh, I begin to think about that word raise and, the t- and that word born to raise hell. And I begin to examine it this week, um, actually the last couple days. And, and I'm really, I was torn about what he was declaring on his body by having, I was born to raise hell. This morning, I'm going to give you a second illustration, and I'm going to go back to this, the first one, I'll go back to the second one in just a few minutes, but the second one is about a, a building in Orlando, Florida. I was there a few years ago working with Pastor Clint Brown, and I remember driving downtown Orlando, and the traffic was starting to back up, and there was police officers out there, and they had road signs that said, do not enter, and, and this was a spot where the police officers were stopping you, they're asking you to turn around, and there's detours, and when I pulled up, I recognized one of the officers that was standing there that went to our church. So I rolled down my window thinking that maybe I had some clout because I knew the police officer, right? Now, I um, thought, you know, just maybe this guy will show me a little bit of courtesy. And I know this guy. I see him every week. And now I rolled down my window. I hollered out his name. And he come over. He said, Pastor, he said, you got to go. We, we got too many trouts. I said, can you tell me what's going on? He said, we're about to raise a building. I was, you're about to raise a building, and you got to change the traffic? Seriously? We're going to put it on stilts? What are we going to do to this thing? And it never dawned on me what in the world he meant. In Detroit, we didn't call it raising a building. We called it putting some dynamite underneath the foundation and blowing the thing up. It's called demolition. So, you know, I didn't know what the word hazing meant. So, thank you, Austin. we got a, a picture here, a video of, uh, this is the Seattle Kingdom. Seattle, Washington, and this is how they raise buildings. They would load it with dynamite, they would begin to uh, ignite it, and it was set in such a way that the building would collapse the way that they designed it to collapse so that there was no uh, catastrophic events that would cause any damage or hurt to other buildings or any any life of any sort. Uh, It doesn't always go that way, but that's what it's intended for. So, we see here that that's that's a form of raising a building. Obviously, I had no idea what was going on, so I, I did what I was instructed to do by by the police officer. And I went home, and I began to look up the word RAISE, R-A-I-S-E. That's what I thought it was. And it just didn't make any sense. And that was probably either Friday or Saturday. And the next Sunday morning, Pastor Clint Brown began to preach about raising a building. I don't know if he was inspired from the same traffic jam that I was in. However, he began to talk about it. And when it came up on the screen, it was spelled R-A-Z-I-N-G. So obviously I had the answer to my question and was able to get the information. So I began to look at this as understanding that we as Christians were born to raise hell with a definition of the word raise. I'm going to explain it to you now. Thank you for asking what the definition was. The The word raise, I have it here somewhere. The word raise is is uh, to demolish, to destroy to the ground, and to destroy completely. This morning, I want to challenge you to know that you were created to destroy the gates of hell. You were created to demolish every attempt of the enemy to come against you in your life. You were born to raise hell. Can I get an amen out of somebody? I'm going to go to 1st Peter chapter 1 verse 20 and 23. If you'll go there, Austin, I believe you have my have the notes. 1st Peter chapter 1 verse 20 through 23. If you'll write that in your notes, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase here just for a moment. It says, "Who was foreordained before the foundation of the world," which means he was destined being born again, not of corrupt seed, but of incorrupt seed by the word of God. So we're looking at the word born. When we're using this title to understand who you are and where you stand with the Lord, the word born is for you to be destined to win. Now, I'm going to date myself again. There was an old group called DeGarmo and Key. Anybody familiar with DeGarmo and Key? All right, it was a few of you. Lord, I really feel old now. And there was a song called Destined to Win. Uh, and if you ask me the rest of the words, I probably couldn't tell you. However, the words destined to win is something that's always stuck out to me. So we understand that to be born in Christ means you are born destined to win. You are born of a seed that was not corrupted by God. You're born of incorrupt seed. Turn with me quickly if you can. And, and some of this, if you can just take the notes, we'll move forward because we are limited with our time today. John 16, verse 21. It says, a woman, when she is in travail, has sorrow because her hour come, but a man is born into the world. Listen, we have to understand that the pain that the that the, that the mother goes through, through the nine months, listen, it, it starts off nice for some people, they, they, they think it's great, and then right at the very end, they are just about ready to cuss everybody out. Women, you don't have to say amen, but I know it's true. I have three daughters, so I know that it's true. Listen, we are excited when something new happens in our lives. And, and just like mothers, they're excited when, when they find out that there is a new life that's within them. I got a text message this morning about 2 a.m. from my oldest niece. And she is a mother of two, and the youngest one being six. And she said, Uncle AC, i got to tell you something. I found out this afternoon that I am pregnant again. And for some of you that text message and you know what the word SMH is that's what i sent her as in i'm shaking my head not understanding why she decided to do that again but i understood the excitement of her when she texts me to let me know that there's new life that is inside her again she's already experienced it twice she understands what it means to be able to give birth to a new life this morning, what we've got to understand in birthing what we are in Christ is God is trying to birth a new creature in us. He's wanting us to come out gold. He's wanting us to come out and be something that we're not of the world, but we're something that we are of God. Not of corrupt seed, but something of incorrupt seed. This morning, you were born with a destiny, born destined to win. So this morning, we want to understand when we say that you were born to raise hell, first of all, you were destined to raise hell. You were destined when you were born, before the foundation of the world came into existence, it says that Jesus knew you. And because of that, he has destined you to rise up against the attack of the enemy. You do not have to cower down to the enemy. You do not have to tuck your tail and run. You can stand up on your feet and you can declare from the mountaintops, I am not going to back down from you, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. I am blessed in the city. I am blessed. Listen, you do not have to cower down to the enemy this morning. Let him know that you are born to destroy the very gates of hell. Anybody agree with that this morning? Amen. I want to go over the word raise, R-A-Z-E which we understand means the word to destroy completely. And Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, verse 10 says, See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the planet. What he's telling us today that he has given you the authority. Listen, folks, we fail so many times in our life. We go around so many times acting like we have no power to defeat the enemy. But God has told us in his word that he has given us the power to tread on scorpions, to tread on serpents. We have the ability to go against the enemy when the enemy comes against us. We fail to do so many times, and we wonder why we are so weak. I better not get off on that one. i got to stay focused here, because if not, we... I won't get done in time. First John 3, 7-9 through 9 says it like this. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus was destined to destroy the works of the devil. Can we agree with that? The Scripture says that. And if we are supposed to be Christ-like, and in the Word it says we will be able to do greater things than he did, then why can we not also destroy the works of the devil that was a question not that you have to answer but i'll tell you this morning we have the authority that's been invested in us by the holy spirit to take a hold of the word of god and when we have the word of god in this word we have the power to defeat every trick the enemy has brought up against us amen moving right along to the word hell so many times we, we we use that word in so a uh, in a way that is, is used derogatory, we use it in a way that could be demeaning to people or, or to, to people and situations. But let's just talk about the true meaning of the word hell. Job twenty six, verse six says it like this Hell is naked before him, and destruction hath no covering. Listen, this morning, I want to tell you, I don't want to cover this up this morning. I want the world to know, I want the devil to know that I was created, I was destined to raise hell. Well, I was hoping that somebody else would want to do the same thing here this morning. You should want all of hell to watch you destroy its works. Listen, hell is not sitting by waiting for you to make a mistake. Hell is doing everything it can to cause you to make the mistake. The Bible says that Satan is like a lying. He is searching who he may steal, kill, and destroy. He's not waiting around for you to say, oh, Satan, I'm over here. Come on, and you can, you can attack me now. He's not like that. He's searching out those that he can attack and put something on. This past uh, week at the youth camp, we at the end of our, our, our time together, we be- began to pray over generational curses that the enemy and and all this, all of hell wants to do is put something upon a family that will continue after generation and generation to destroy that family and keep them from walking in the blessings of the Lord. Now whether or not you believe in generational curses or not this morning, that's not why I'm here to talk about this morning. But I am here to tell you that I believe that the enemy is doing everything he can to destroy this generation and generations still to come. There is a way to defeat the enemy. It is quoting the word of the Lord. If you don't know what else to do, open up the word of God and begin to word, read the word and declare that you are blessed. Declare that you are healed. Declare that you have victory to overcome the trick of the enemy. And I promise you this. If you'll declare and stand upon his word, the enemy has to leave. He has to be resist you. He has to flee. He has to go every which way but loose. He has to leave you alone when you declare the name of the Lord over your life. Amen, somebody word meanings go into the dictionary I like to give you some some information not just from the word if you if there's somebody here that disputes the word and doesn't think that word is rightly divided and the word is not inspired by uh, by the Lord to men to write I'll give you something that maybe you could trust in maybe Webster's dictionary the word raise to rise up to come forth this man's tattoo that we talked about in the first illustration was, I believe, giving a declaration of what he wanted to do. Listen, when, when somebody says, I was born to raise hell, they're probably talking about going to the bar or the nightclub with some cowboy boots, cook, you know, kicking up some, some junk and raising cane. I mean, do you think that probably, I and mean, this was a hillbilly, trust me. When I seen the guy's tattoo, I mean, he was a redneck, and he probably was wanting to just stir up some mess. So I believe that's what his intent was. He was born to raise hell, and that's what he was going to do. That was his intention was to cause mass destruction. I believe that that tattoo also is declaring. Listen, I don't want you to think that I'm I'm speaking this over the gentleman. I just want to talk about the word born to raise, R-A-I-S-E. And it says it like this, born to raise hell. This this tattoo, in a sense, is declaring also the word raise means to elevate. So in a word, he was saying, I am born to elevate elevate hell, he says on the tattoo, I am born to exalt hell, which is another meaning of race, and I am born to increase hell, which is another meaning of the word raise. So listen, by putting that on his arm, he is making a declaration that he is wanting to exalt the very gates of hell by his actions and by the things that he's doing. I'm not going to sit here and tell you and, and, and condone that you should be having tattoos. I have a couple, but I, that's, I'm not trying to condone it. Neither am I condemning it. But I look at the word raise, R-A-Z-E, and if I was going to spiritually put a tattoo on me today, and I was going to put it across my chest and said, born to raise hell, I can promise you it'd have an R-A-Z-E, because this is what I get out of the word and out of the dictionary on the word raise. We also know that it means to destroy the ground, to demolish, and to destroy completely. So this is what we're talking about. You were born to demolish hell. You were born to destroy the gates of hell. You were born to remove utterly the gates of hell in your life. Jesus came to destroy the works of hell. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he may raise. Jesus was, came from heaven on earth, manifested himself that he may raise. The gates of hell. That Jesus would come and His word, He would speak the word and it would demolish the gates of hell. He would open His mouth and the gates would be destroyed. I'm thankful this morning that I serve a God who, on my behalf, will go and destroy the very work of the enemy. Anybody thankful for that type of Lord and Savior in your life? I'm sorry I'm getting a little excited because I just, I know where I'm about to go and, and you don't, so just hang on to your seat and maybe you'll share the same excitement in just a moment. Listen, we were born. We were destined to raise hell this morning. Come on, somebody say that with me. Say, we were born to raise hell. Come on, declare that this morning. We were born to raise hell. Now listen, I was told by coming to Church of the Harvest that we were a non-traditional church. We were an unreligious church. We didn't believe in all the religious rigmarole, I believe this morning that this church believes that you were created and destined to raise and destroy the gates of hell. Do you believe that this morning? Pastor Hank, this is that type of church, right? Man, I love this place. So we were born to raise hell to have victory over the power of the enemy. Now, you all know that the power that the enemy has is power that is borrowed power, Correct. The enemy only has the amount of power that he is loaned by God. It's borrowed power. It's not power that he can change. It's not power that he can add to. It's only amount of power that God allows him to have. So if he says in his word that I will never give you more than you can handle, that means he knows how much control he has over the enemy. And just at the moment where you think you're about ready to throw in the towel and give up, he says, I just want you to dig a little deeper. By digging a little deeper, you're going to get the strength to stand up one more time on the, on the mountaintop and declare, I was created to destroy the gates of hell. Yeah. Amen. How can we raise hell, you ask? And i want to so glad this morning that you asked me that question. I've been waiting all day to tell you, promise. When you cast out devils, you're raising hell. Remember, we're talking about R A Z now. E, sorry. When you teach and preach the Word of God, you are raising hell. You're destroying hell. When you are healed and your healing goes and knocks on the gates of hell and says, as Pastor Rhonda says, bam! I've been healed, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Ladies and gentlemen, when you are walking in the blessings of Almighty God, the blessings that will bombard the gates of hell, serving notice that the destruction team is coming. A uh, delimin- uh, 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 what is it called? A uh, demol- de- 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 what is it called? Demolition, uh, yes, the good word. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. A, a demolition crew is setting up. It's ready to come. It's ready to step up to the gates of hell. It's ready to light up the dynamite, just like we've seen on the screens. It's ready to destroy the enemy and what the enemy's trying to do. Listen, if you will just grab a hold of the word this morning and understand this, if you don't feel like it, do it anyways. When you don't feel like you're healed, declare your healing this morning anyways. When you don't feel like you're no longer saved because the other night you had a slip? Listen, just because we slip does not mean that we fall down and cannot get back up. When we fall, we can get back up because we know the master is standing down with his hands wide open, ready to help us up. And this morning, if you'll just trust and believe, he will give you what you need in your time of need. Amen? Mm. Now, there is no need to fear the works of the devil. For you have been given power to destroy the very gates of hell. We've just established that this morning. And Matthew 16, and I, this is going to be a scripture that we'll probably end on right here, and I just want to focus on this one just for a few minutes. Matthew 16, verse 18 through 19 says, And upon this rock, most of you probably could quote this with me, and maybe different translations even, but upon this rock I will build my church. Jesus is speaking and he says, and the gates of hell will not, shall not prevail against it. And it goes on to say this, and I will give thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Mm. I like that this morning. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven this morning i'm here to tell you that you have been given the keys to the kingdom of heaven and if you'll go around binding up the trick of the enemy i promise you heaven's gonna bind it up as well if you go through and you start loosing blessings over your life heaven's gonna loose blessings upon your life pastor david a few months ago spoke on changing your mindset Changing the way you think in your life. And I'm here to tell you, if you want to be blessed, you got to start thinking that you're blessed. If you wanted to stop the trick of the enemy, if you want to stop the attack on your life, you got to believe in your mind that you have the authority to stand up against the devil. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. Stand up against the devil and tell the devil, you no longer have dominion in this body. This body is a temple that the Holy Spirit can dwell in until Jesus comes back and he says, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his gift. This morning, you have the power that's been invested in you. Somebody say amen. My God. Now, a lot of people have told the church where to go, right? Using the word hell in a different derogatory view, like we talked about a minute ago. And in recent years, we've seen that. People just cursing out the church and calling us hypocrites and calling us all kinds of names. Taking men and women of God and and starting rumors about them, and, and starting things to try to discredit them and ruin lives. And we see that the, the world has called us every name in the book. But I'm here to declare this morning, you can keep calling me whatever you want, but I'm still destined to destroy the gates of hell. You can call me every name. You can accuse me of everything. I know who my Redeemer is this morning. But if the church is not going to even make an effort to follow Christ, then it has no real value in its institution anyways. If judgmental attitudes are the mark of Christianity, then it doesn't have anything to do with Jesus of Nazareth, whom I and many others, many of you here today, call him our Messiah and our Christ and Lord. It is more about making oneself feel superior over the rest of the human race when we have this judgmental attitude. It is more about looking down on others and elevating oneself. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that is not Christ-like. Can I get an agreement here this morning? Some of us here have been looked down upon, ridiculed, talked about, mistreated, misabused, we've been abused in so many different ways. So we should have plenty of testimonies here this morning that we don't like to be in that type of mentality and have people judgmental over us. So many of you in this room today have family members that when you go to holidays and you spend holiday time with them, you know they're over in the corner talking about you because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. Because they're waiting around for you to slip up and say something bad. They're waiting around for you to have a a rotten attitude. They're waiting around for you to do something that they think is non-Christian so they can hold that sentence of life and death over your head. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Again, if we will stand up and declare, listen, I'm not telling you you got to walk into your your family reunion and just start preaching from the top of the uh, tabletops. I'm not telling you to do that this morning. What I am telling you to do is this. Let your light shine so that every man may see. You don't even have to open your mouth. Do you realize that? Your testimony can be in the way that you handle yourself. I didn't plan on saying that. That's all free this morning. But usually... In this text, in Matthew 16, 18, 19, i got about 15 minutes, so just bear with me, and maybe we will be faster than that. Matthew 16, 18 through 19, we see it's presented, the way it's presented is uh, presented with the church as a defensive fortress being attacked by the forces of hell. After all, does it not say in the word that Christ will build his church on the rock Does the scripture not say that? Make a play on Peter's name. I don't know if any of you knew this, but the Greek meaning for the word Peter is little rock. So is that not a castle or a fortress being built against the attack of hell? It's a question for you this morning. I see that Luther thought so in his famous hymn, and so many of you may know that this morning, a mighty fortress is our God. The picture is of being defended because we are inside the fortress of God's love and strength against the evil world around us. This is a problem with the mentality and the way that people think. The problem is that in the wondering and the wording of the text, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. First of all, the gates do not attack. Do you understand this morning? Gates do not attack anything. So linguistically, when something is said like this, we have to take it in its context. And it says, the gates do not attack, they defend. So it is not the gates of God's kingdom being attacked here, but the gates of hell. Do you understand that? It's not the fact that the enemy is trying to get to heaven to attack heaven's gates. What they're saying is, we're coming to attack Satan's kingdom, and we're coming to destroy the hell that is there and the gates that surround it so we can get into it and we can, we can be on the attack. Now, here's what, here's what it says. When something is said to prevail, it is the winning side. You understand, when you prevail, you win. You don't lose when you prevail. When you prevail, you are victorious. You're not a loser. It is the winning side of the word Prevail that has most people stumped. The gates of hell shall not prevail as in the gates of hell shall not prevail against the attacks upon them of God's kingdom. The kingdom of God and the church will win. Do you understand this morning? We win. Hmm. So it is not hell attacking. I want us to understand the scripture. It's not the fact that hell is attacking us, but the kingdom of God and the church should be attacking hell. Come on, somebody. That makes this a much different text when we read it. We are not to cower inside of God's fortress, but with the help and support of the church from God, we are to attack the gates of hell. We are not on the defensive in Christ's vision. Those who confess him as the son of God are to do the best to defeat hell. I'm just going to read a couple more notes, and we're going to we're getting ready to close. Just Give me just a minute. A lot of Christians have been programmed to fear. And if I was to ask the question this morning, how many have fear in their life? They're afraid of something. They're, they walk around terrified. Most people have a hard time sleeping at night because they're afraid of something. They believe in an all-powerful devil who will take over the world. This is the mentality of a zombie, of a, of a vampire, of the, of the Wiccan, and of, of the, the pagans. That the devil is going to take over the world and all of its imps and all the little creatures, right? They see that the text above is as giving them a license to hide in their churches and curse the world. Some of you may recognize these type of people. They walk into church. They don't lift up their hands. They don't get engaged in the service. They don't do anything. Maybe they don't even socialize with you at all. They, they walk in late. They sit in the back row. Not that anybody's sitting in the back rows here doing that today. And they walk out early before they can speak to anybody. They come in because their mentality is, if I go to church, I'm protected. There are some religions out there that they just they, they wear jewelry, certain jewelries with certain artifacts. And, and they believe that that's going to protect them against the devil. It's going to protect them against the trick of the enemy. I'm sorry, but as far as I can tell, the word tells me that this protects me from the trick of the enemy. Having him live in my life and in my heart protects me from the enemy. Listen, I wear necklaces, I wear jewelry, and and listen, none of that has anything to do with keeping the enemy from me. I can promise you that, because I've worn the same necklace for nine years, and I can promise you he's still attacking me, and the thing didn't help. So, we understand it's not about the jewelry or the artifact. I just had to throw that in there. I don't, that was free too. Listen, I want you to consider this. Because they see an endorsement of a defensive position in a relationship with the world, some tell you and tell us in this life that this is hell on earth. And we have to wait for the next life in heaven to experience heaven on earth. Well, that is not what Jesus is saying here in this passage of scripture in Matthew. We are to take the church, which he has founded, as a fortress, but we are to move out in faith unafraid. I'm going somewhere with this. Just give me just a minute. I I promise you, you'll, you'll see all this come together in one second. We are to move in faith unafraid of the enemy. You say, Pastor AC, I I, I, I'm, I'm fearful. I don't know when my landlord is going to come knock on my door. I haven't been able to pay the rent in two months, and I'm afraid I'm going to get kicked out. So I'm not going to answer the door, and, and I don't know when the, the utility guy is going to show up because they're going to shut off my power because I don't have the money to pay the power. And we, we get ourselves so worked up, and we're afraid of everything. I'm going to tell you, I, listen, I'm not one of these name it and claim it type guys, and I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I, I, I do that a lot of times myself. I'm not being an advocate of it this morning, but what I'll tell you is this. If you want to continue telling yourself you're broke, busted, and disgusted, that's the lifestyle you're going to have. If you're going to tell yourself, I am going to be victorious, I am going to be blessed, everything that my hands come in contact with is going to be blessed, if that's the mentality you're going to have, I can promise you things are going to turn around on your behalf. And when you start declaring that type of victory over your life, you are automatically, your spirit's going right to the gates of hell, and you start chipping away at the very gates of hell by declaring that you're victorious through the God of Jesus Christ, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, stop cowering. Stop being disappointed. Stop being depressed before the world, and and let's become a force of good to the outcast and to the the push-to-the-side people, to those who have experienced things in life that some of us never have. Let's show the love of God to those people. Because here, listen, it's not just about us as an individual. If you're going to be a true disciple, a follower of Christ, a Christian, then our mentality has to be, Lord, help me that I may help somebody else. We were called to be servants, not to be served. So if you're going to be a servant this morning, God bless me that I may bless somebody else. So we, we take the, 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 the emotion out of, Lord, just bless me. I need this. I need this. I need this. How about start saying like this, Lord, I want to help somebody else. And the only way I'm going to be able to help somebody else, you're going to have to help me. Let me get back because i get got like five minutes. Will you answer Christ's call this morning? to go out in the world and raise, R-A-Z-E, hell. Maybe people would no longer view us as a bunch of hypocritical and judgmental vultures if we would actually follow Christ. Maybe they would see us in a way that we live and speak as doers of his word and the love of the Lord. I have part two of this that I that I worked on last night till about three o'clock in the morning. We'll share another time. But it goes into spiritual warfare and that we should be preparing ourselves for spiritual warfare and taking it to the streets. So like the Doobie brothers had a song that said, taking it to the streets. I don't you don't have to raise your hand that you know it, but I know half of you probably do. But it's going out and raising hell, declaring victory over the enemy, but you have to prepare yourself to do war. I shared with Pastor Ronda the other day about this message on on the pagans and the zombies that as i was studying one day that i was had a plenty of night rest and I, I was not sleepy when i went to sit down at the desk and, and i was there just for a few moments and i began to view some of the things on on google and up on the on the web worldwide web of of witches and witchcraft and wiccan and and all this type of demonic spirits that are going on and as i began to look at the the screen and began to read some of the things that were on there something began to I'll call it oppress me. I'm sitting there, and I find myself falling asleep. And, and I said, something ain't right. I mean, I'm, this is not, you know, I'm fine. I, matter of fact, I had a Red Bull just a few minutes ago. I should be bouncing off the walls. By the way, thanks, for Pastor Hank, for the blueberry Red Bulls. I'm addicted to those now. Thank you. Um, so we, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I, I kind of wait myself, take a drink of water, and I'm, I'm good to go. And a few minutes later, as I'm, I'm looking at some research, I, I catch myself as I'm falling out of the chair. Now, I promise you, there's a video camera in there, it would have been very funny. Maybe we could have shown it today. You'd have got a good laugh because I caught myself, and I said, you know what? Maybe I should go lay down and take a little nap. Maybe that will solve it. And as soon as I stood up out of my chair, the Holy Spirit said, no, do not do that. That's an attack of the enemy. He's trying to stop you from researching what it is you're going to speak tonight. Because he doesn't want the word to come forth. And if you lay down and take a nap, you won't wake up until it's time. I said, okay. I stood right there and I declared what was going to happen. I declared who I was, what was going to happen that that evening, what was going to happen right now. And I said, Lord, I don't care what is on that screen. Let it not penetrate me in a negative way. Let it be used to be a positive influence on somebody else's life. I'm going to tell you, I never had another issue the rest of the day. But the enemy was trying to stop something happening that was about to happen. Why? Because he knew that I was coming to raise hell that night. I was coming to bring forth a word and to pray off generational curses off people's lives that was gonna destroy the very gates of hell. This morning, I came here today to let you know that it's time we get energized and leave here with a whole new attitude. A whole new attitude concerning the devil running all up and down in our lives. We need to take back everything that the enemy has stolen from us. That's a cliche that every preacher that I've ever been around has probably used a hundred times. Take back what the enemy has stolen. I'm gonna tell you this morning, the only way you can get back what the enemy has stolen is to declare that he has to let it go, loose it, and let it go. He has to let it go because the word of God says it. You can't just walk around and say, yo, I want my stuff back. If you've got no power in your prayer, your prayer ain't going very far. If you declare Satan. You have stolen my children, my children are coming back. Satan, you have des- you have destroyed my family, but my family is coming back. Satan, you took my job, but another one's coming, and it's gonna be a lot better. Satan, my bank account is in the negative, but I believe a blessing's about to come from heaven. Listen, if you will de- declare this morning and the rest of your life, when the devil comes against you, start declaring what the Word of God says, I promise you the gates of hell in your life will begin to be destroyed. A demolition crew will come on your behalf and go right down to the very gates of hell and begin to set dynamite like it did on the kingdom and blow the thing up because God has got you in a place that you have been called destined to win you are born you are created to win so this morning as we get ready to close and pastor I'm going to hand it off to you in just a second after we pray I want us to know I want you to know this morning whatever God says is yours is yours Whatever God said is yours, you need to take it by force. Put your foot down this morning and take a stand. Make a stand this morning for who you are and who God is in you. Declare today that you were created, you were destined to destroy the works of the enemy. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've gotten the word this morning, but you were created and born to raise hell. Do you believe that this morning? If you believe that, would you stand to your feet, and let's just give God an ovation of praise for an ability to go to him expecting God to move on your behalf. Amen? If you can, just grab somebody by the hand that's standing next to you. If you want to cross the aisles, you're more than welcome, but just grab somebody's hand. Father, this morning, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity that you have given us to come here together as a body of believers. We ask this morning that you would give us the encouragement, the energy, the strength, the desire, the means to stand up for what we want to believe in, to stand up for your word and to stand up for your son, declaring this morning that we are more than conquerors, through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And, Father, this morning we were created. Father, we were destined. You destined us before the very foundation of the world came into existence to follow you. And, Father, in the Scripture where it says the gates of hell shall not prevail against us, God, when we rise up against the enemy, let us know today that, God, we have an army behind us. God, you are stronger than anything the enemy can throw at us. You've got it. God, you've got our back this morning. When it seems like we're by ourselves, Father, I'm reminded of the the, the picture and the prayer, the the footprints in the sand where you look down and you see one set of footprints and you thought it was yours and all along, it was the fact that you were carrying us, Father. It wasn't our footprints. It was yours. This morning, there's so many times we feel lonely. We feel left out. We feel depressed. We feel uh, alienated. But Father, this morning, I pray that you will give us a desire. You will give us something that we've never had before, some authority to take action over our situation. Father, when the enemy rises up against us, let us this morning and for now on be able to stand up and say, Satan, I was created to come against the gates of hell.